everyone, and welcome back to BoJack Horse Pod, the BoJack Horseman story. Today, we will be talking about Season 2, Episode 9, BoJack Horseman, The Shot. I'm your host, Kirsten McInnes, joined, as always, by the lovely Lindsay Wilson, who maybe had some wine today. Lindsay, how's it going? <laughs> it's going very well. I'm really excited because I finally know how Kelsey ended up getting fired from Secretariat because I've been sitting here being like, I know she ends up not on this movie, but I can't remember why that happens. So I'm very excited to have had that mystery solved. I truly, you could tell me anything about the Secretariat movie and I'd be forced <laughs> to believe you because I don't remember it dragging on this much. Like this movie, though, this is the ninth episode of the season and this movie has been filming since the start, except for like mm-hmm. a brief hiatus due to autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> so I just, I can't believe like that's what this whole season, like no wonder I thought everything in season one happened in season two. Because <laughs> I thought that Secretariat movie was like two episodes. Yeah, so I I definitely remember that Secretariat is like kind of the through line of season two, but I was like somewhere along the way it changes and it's like not the same movie, but I thought that happened much earlier than this. I mean, imagine remembering things, Lindsay, like it could never never (laughs) be me. I liked this episode. I did too. Yeah, it was really good. I feel like we're in the thick of it. This is BoJack. This is the show. Yeah, winding down season two. Winding down. Yeah, after this, there's only three left. Yeah, I watched the next episode today as well. It's the first time since we started that I watched ahead. I can't believe you would do that. It just <laughs> destroys the integrity of the pod, you know. Uh, no big deal. You're just kind of ruining this. Yeah, this is just kind of the worst episode we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this, I just feel like, I feel like this would have been a really good one to have Colin Stone on for. And I wish that I was like, at all prepared because I could have been like, Colin, you're coming on this week. <laughs> Should we call him? <laughs> I'm certain that he is gambling right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> just kidding. Poker's not gambling. It's a gaming skill. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I don't know why that tickled me so much. <laughs> it's because you've had several glasses of wine, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Half in the bag over here. Before we record it, so I guess we should we should let the listeners in on this. Unless you're embarrassed about the fact that you, an adult woman, drank some <laughs> wine tonight. No, I'm good. Lindsay texts me and she says, "Wait, what did she say exactly?" I I feel like I should I should pull up the receipts. I should pull have receipts, I, yeah. I should have uh, journalistic integrity here. So I was running a little late because I had to work late because my day was a nightmare. And Lindsay said, "That's okay. I have had several glasses of wine, so we will see how this impacts my <laughs> dynamic." Ha ha ha. And I said, Lamau, several? And she said, three, over the last couple of hours. I said, that is a few at most. She I said, laughed so hard agreed. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that is a few at most. <laughs> I mean, it's not a couple because it's more than two. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly, certainly not, not several. several. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Incredible. I'm, I'm only jealous that I could not have wine with you yeah well I mean normally we're recording at like 1 p.m on a Sunday and this time it is nine o'clock on a Friday for me so listen I'll drink wine at 10 a.m on Sunday if I have to (laughs) like I'm not fussed about that (laughs) I guess we used to record at night people love to be like it's five o'clock somewhere I don't care what time it is (laughs) 
Like I'm not, I don't need a justification for drinking because I don't have a drinking problem. <laughs> like I don't really drink all that much. So if I drank in the morning one day, I wouldn't be too concerned about it. Okay. I guess, I guess we could start talking about this episode. Let's do it. So the shot starts in 1972 and we get a scene with the real life secretariat who's mm-hmm. in the Oval Office with Richard Nixon. <laughs> yeah. Real villain, Richard Nixon. Who, you know, he's drafting Secretariat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, obviously Secretariat had already received like the paperwork to be drafted. I don't I don't believe that being drafted involves the president personally <laughs> pulling you into their office. Yeah, I like that he can apparently just like demand a personal audience with the president to be like, you cannot draft me. He's so famous. Mm-hmm. It's so, f- I, I love how they do <laughs> Nixon. Yeah, I also really, really loved him talking to Checkers. <laughs> He's um, the president of the goddamn United States. Yeah, just like Checkers is just there. Like what? <laughs> just as a, like an anthropomorphized like, dog. Just a dog. Just Checkers is there. Like okay, I guess that's yep. what we're doing. Yeah. But basically, Secretariat's like you can't do this. Like I can't. I I can't go. There will be riots in the streets. Nixon's like, I'm not worried about a couple hippies. And it's like, yeah, you aren't, are you? Yeah, yeah. Another hard truth. <laughs> yeah, Nixon said, we'll murder the anyone who protests. <laughs> that was in well, that was in Ohio, right? I think so, yeah. Four dead in Ohio. That's it's, Neil Young song. <laughs> I went to go Google Ohio State Massacre to make sure that's what I'm thinking of. And it autocorrected to Ohio State Massage Therapy. <laughs> it was at Kent State. Yeah, that's right. Sad. We were right about Ohio. We were wrong about the institution where it happened. Yes. Really messed up. If people want to know more about that, it's on the internet. Also, my favorite murder talked about it one time, and it was pretty good. Cannot be found under Ohio State Massage Therapy. It cannot be found. If you look up Ohio State Massage Therapy, you will see nothing about the Kent State Massacre. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> weirdly enough <laughs> so weird have we become the the two wine ladies who talk about murder that rob is always oh my talking God. about <laughs> it happened true we do talk about murder a lot <laughs> i mean like not to derail us too much from bojack horseman but like it makes me sick that i've never done any sort of true crime podcast it's a good point like, like i should at least be guesting regularly like, I think I should at least get to guest on a true crime podcast. Yeah. Or do a one off episode. Yeah. I'm also heavy into criminal minds right now. So I'm like really <laughs> got murder that. on the brain. I'm, I'm I'm halfway done season five, baby. Oh my God. You're like clicking along. Yeah, that's right. We have watched more than a season in the past week. Okay. I had a long <laughs> weekend. And you used it well. <laughs> <laughs> and you used it well. <laughs> oh my God. Anyways, okay, back to Bojack. <laughs> so basically, Nixon and Secretariat come to an agreement. And that's that Secretariat does not have to go to Vietnam if someone else goes in his place. Mm-hmm. And also seemingly Secretariat has to like endorse the war. Yeah. And so Secretariat's brother, Jeffretariat. Jeffretariat. Oh um, my God, that destroyed me. 
I laughed really hard at that. So he's gone instead, and we find this out by seeing a news interview of Secretariat. He's smoking during the interview. He says, me, I'm not a hero. My brother, Jeff Retariat's the hero. He's over, like, sees fighting for us. He's um, fighting the Reds over in Numb. <laughs> and he calls Nixon a groovy dude, but it looks like a gun is pointed at him with the expression on his face when he says that. <laughs> He's one groovy dude. I also really liked in the original interaction with Nixon when he, when, like, Nixon doesn't know what a laugh sounds like. Yeah, I like that too. I thought that was oh. a real- <laughs> Or whatever a laugh sounds like. <laughs> yeah, that really made me laugh. Well, what did you sound like when you laughed? <laughs> <laughs> Probably like that. <laughs> what does a laugh sound like? Whatever a laugh sounds like. <laughs> oh, <hey. laughs> So this interview has a very big impact on BoJack. And said mm-hmm. it makes him realize that smoking is cool. And so he steals a cigarette from his mom. And this is where you realize this episode is not all fun and games. It's not all about the (laughs) Vietnam War. It's not just about being drafted. It's not just about groovy dudes. (laughs) Groovy dudes. It's not just about groovy dudes, Vietnam. It's about (laughs) sadness. Mm -hmm. Because B walks in on Bojack trying to smoke. He can't do it because he's like five or whatever. Yeah, he's very small. And he's like, no, you don't get to waste that cigarette. You're going to smoke the whole thing. He's like struggling to smoke. Yeah, I don't want to be the mother of a quitter. <sighs> and she says, don't you ever cry. She says that to her child. Mm-hmm. Because you wanted this. He says, are you punishing me for smoking or stealing? I'm punishing you for being alive. What? the f mm-hmm. like i know we've talked about b horseman before yeah she's a bad mom like hot take <laughs> she's hot a take. horrible mother yeah yeah tough look for our guy b not my guy <laughs> if you want to claim her you can have her we disavow b horseman yeah i would like to actually formally state for the record yeah. That B. Horseman is a horrible mother, and we do not yeah. endorse one thing she does. <laughs> the official position of Bojack Horsepot. <laughs> so we get Bojack in present after the credits. He's smoking on the balcony. He looks at the cigarette, throws it off the balcony. Yeah. And Todd just instantly is like, oh, you shouldn't do that. Oh, actually, I'll call 911. Just instantly a fire. Just an instant fire. Too big for like a fire extinguisher if they have one. Mm-hmm. The fire department has to come. Bojack just leaves. He does not care. Yeah. Not worried about it. Uh, we find out, because he's talking to Wanda on the phone, that there's no cable for the whole neighborhood, but she just is so confused what happened and why there was a fire. <laughs> Nobody knows where fire comes from. It's a mystery. <laughs> it's a mystery. And we have Bojack with his cracked windshield. Yeah, true. Um, Still hasn't gotten that fixed. Continuity, baby. Yeah. I mean, Bojack seems entirely to me like the type of person who's like "Mm, i'll just leave it yeah (laughs) he's like i'm gonna drive into a wall anyways soon drinking and driving so i'll get it fixed when i get the rest of the body work done yeah just gonna wait till i total this car (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) he doesn't believe in repairs he believes in a new car new couch new car it's all good and so bojack's like telling wanda all about how it's like his first day back on set blah 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 Wanda's like, you told me all this at breakfast. Like, I, I don't understand why you're calling me. Mm-hmm. It's because yeah. normally he would talk to Diane in the car. But Diane yeah. abandoned him. 
to teach piano in Cordovia. <laughs> Do we have any indication that Diane actually knows how to play piano or is he just like doing a microaggression there? Oh, I didn't even think about that. I felt like I don't feel like we have any evidence that she knows how. Yeah, I had a feeling that was going to be the answer. Yeah. I was really hoping I forgot about like a scene where she had a recital or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't have the impression that her parents were super concerned about getting her into the arts. Yeah, I don't think Diane's family really cares about art. <laughs> Can you imagine her practicing the piano in that house? Not so much. I mean, they would tell her to keep it down because they're watching the game. So Wanda's not happy about this. She says, thanks for settling for me because Diane wasn't available. Mm-hmm. Bojack says, you bet. So I think we're we're something's brewing here. Yeah. This Wanda thing also has surprised me how long it's gone on. My impression was like Wanda's here for two episodes. I'm shocked that Lisa Kudrow had the time for them. That's a good point. Yeah, she had quite a run on the show. We do love her. We do. She's so funny. Yeah, she really is. What's your favorite mm-hmm. Lisa Kudrow role? I know we've already talked about her many times. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's probably Phoebe, but I really like Romy and Michelle. Is it bad if my favorite Lisa Kudrow role is when she was the guidance counselor in Easy A? That's not bad. I like that. Who would you believe? It's just really good. I love that movie. (laughs) Okay, we're back on set. And the Nixon scene is out. The Oval Office set is gone and there's now a Christmas home set Mm -hmm. because they've changed the movie. Gritty movies don't make money. Yeah. What happened to the house set? The White House set. Oh, not the house. <laughs> the, the delivery on that. The White House set. <laughs> I did not clock that. <laughs> like Corey in the house. That was a really uh, weird choice by Disney Channel. Go on. To be like, let's make That's So Raven's Dad the White House <laughs> chef. Sure. And now Corey <laughs> is in the White House. <laughs> Just like Bojack and Mr. Peanut Butter at various times. Yes, exactly. I wonder if it was a dream all along. <laughs> so, okay. So, they're like basically, Bojack's really upset that the movie is like not going to be as serious anymore. And our good friend, Lenny Turtletob, mm-hmm. is, makes a horrible joke about 12 Years a Slave. Yeah, um, I didn't write it down, but there's lots of this stuff where he's just like, yeah, it doesn't sell. People don't like controversial things. Yeah, I just, I I didn't like what he said, but Kelsey goes, that's show business and shrugs. And Mm. then Lenny Turtletop says, that's the shrug of a pro who gets it. Nice shrugging. Yeah, yeah, it's a real bummer. Like, Bojack's actually pretty invested in making this movie good, which is kind of surprising. Like, he clearly cares a lot. And he's just like, yeah, this is the moment where it shows the Secretariat is like a morally bad guy. Well, and I think that it's, if we are to understand anything, like, we've seen so many scenes of young Bojack watching Secretariat on TV and just idolizing Mm -hmm. him. And it really is obvious through everything we've seen so far just how much Secretariat means to Bojack. And how much he really wants to tell that story properly because it is the story of someone who he cares about so deeply. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he wants to do it right. So that's well done. But there's other plot lines happening today, (laughs) such as our good friend Rutabaga Rabinowitz is going to start his own agency. He wants Princess Carolyn to come in as a 50-50 partner, and he's had this discovery because he's in the middle of a messy divorce. Yeah, and Princess Carolyn's like, I don't know, I've been here for like 20 years, I even still water all the plants because no one ever told me to stop. Which is, okay, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard because like, 
who told you to start? Because then when yeah. you get that job, you tell your intern to do it. Like, that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about the fact that he calls her my gritty, witty, city kitty? I want you with me, fitty, fitty. I I loved it. <laughs> Even when I delivered it like that. <laughs> I, I think that you delivered it perfectly. I I think that you actually should have been the voice of Frutabaga Rabidowitz. And I have no notes. No, no. Like on Parks and Rec, the Ethel Beaver is when she reads back the transcripts. <laughs> yes, exactly like that. <laughs> okay, so Princess Carolyn has some some doubts. She doesn't want crazy because she's got five episodes of The Good Wife piled up on her DVR and she's just waiting for a night off to watch it. Have we seen a single episode of The Good Wife? I don't think I have, but I have heard that it's very good. Yeah, I haven't seen any of it either. Speaking, but I did hear, oh my God, this is actually a really full circle moment. I was, I was listening to the podcast Keep It this week, the week of May 24th, 2021. And one of the guests on the, the pod that week was from ER and it was that actress. She's in The Good Wife as well, but she's the one who like left ER and like turned down so much money like a long time ago. I think that this is her. I'm, I want to confirm the name. Juliana. I don't know how to say that last name. Oh, Juliana Margulies. 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 Thank you. Anyways, so she was on the pod and she was talking about being on ER. And then she talked about Margot Martindale. Whoa. <laughs> and I was like, who expected a Margot Martindale reference in the wild? Yeah. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, it really blew my mind. I meant to tell you about it earlier this week. Yeah, amazing. And yeah, but anyways, okay. So while they're in the broom closet, it kind of ends in a comical way because Stuart comes in being like, oh, are you who I see about a clogged toilet? And <laughs> Princess Crown's like, I'm your boss. And he's like, well, you're the one in the like broom closet. So what am I, stupid? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. She does take the plunger from him. <laughs> I mean, I hope she didn't go to fix the toilet. Yeah, I kind of feel like she might have. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I definitely wrote down she did take the plunger. <laughs> That's, so. I, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like it either. I worry that she did. She's like still watering all the stupid plants. And then she's like, and also I may as well while I'm here unclog this toilet. I don't want to be alive <laughs> anymore. I, that makes me so sad. We're heading to much darker places yeah. <laughs> within this episode. I don't, I don't like that at all. Mm-hmm. The other plot line this episode is Diane is finally in Cordovia with Sebastian St. Clair. And basically her whole part of the episode is written in like her internal monologue of her writing about Sebastian St. Clair. So yeah. we find out that he used to own high-end department stores. Had lots of money. Had lots of money, but his life was empty. And he would hear the phantom cries of like suffering children and they haunted him. I would scream into the night. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but the phantom cries would not have been like good lord just really showing that he was that like truly heartless person who did not care about mm-hmm. anyone or anything so he started helping people and you know being around him makes you feel like you can help people too basically it makes you feel like you're part of something is how diane expresses it mm-hmm. yeah when he tells you you're good you want to believe that you're good and that you're part of something bigger than yourself and I think that's everybody wants that. Everyone wants to believe that they're good and that they're part of something. I did like the joke when she introduces herself to the orphan when she says, I'm Diane. It means my parents liked the show Cheer. Yeah, I <laughs> love that. Okay, so then it goes back to Bojack and we get the line, 
A triple hug is worth more than a triple crown. <laughs> so bad. It looks a lot like horsing around, though, with him and the three kids. Yeah, it's interesting that there's actually horse children there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. But he's sick of this. One of the children was sticky. They need to wash <laughs> their hands. His hands were very sticky. <laughs> yes, I'm talking about you. <laughs> and he goes to Kelsey and he has a proposition. He's like, listen, at the Nixon Library, there is an Oval Office set. We used it in season three of Horsing Around when I was the president. Don't worry, in season four, it was all a dream, though. <laughs> Yeah, my airplane air horse one. <laughs> Not air horse one. That's so bad. So bad. Oh, my God. But also, like, so bad that it's so good. Yeah, it's so bad that I had to write it down because it's incredible. <laughs> so Bojack goes to the Nixon Library with Todd. And they're going to steal mm -hmm. the model so that they can know where to sneak in later on. The security guard is clearly Nixon's illegitimate son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically just says like, oh, I just happened to look a lot like Nixon. Am I right? Yeah, he's like, but I'm not his son or anything. But I could be. <laughs> he's voiced by Brian Husky. Do we know him? That doesn't ring a bell to me. Let's see that. The old IMDB. I feel like I should know some of these things. Have you ever heard of the show Children's Hospital? Yeah, a lot of funny people have been on it. I've never heard of it. Yeah, like uh, Megan Mullally, Nick Offerman. All the, the funnies. I feel like I should know this. I think this is just like a, a very funny man who is in the same circles as yeah. so many other funny people that we know. Yeah, he does look actually familiar, though. I think he's simply he's a, a character actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word we use, like not a, that guy. Like a real one. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like inevitably it's like, oh, and then he was on like one episode of some show that I watched. And I'm like, oh, that guy. Like, I think I recognize him most from Veep because it looks like he did 16 episodes of that. You're right. That's what I would know him from as he well. He did four episodes of New Girl. But yeah. Oh, he's in one episode of Community. He's in one episode of a lot of things. <laughs> he's also just got yep. one of those faces. One of those faces, yeah. I don't think he's who I initially thought he was, but definitely he's been in stuff. You've seen him before. Yeah, Veep. <laughs> Have you watched Veep? Yeah, love Veep. I thought you hadn't watched Veep. Oh, no, big Veep fan. Wow. Leon West, yeah, that's right. At least there's that. At yeah. least there's that. Okay, anyways, <laughs> back, to, back to the show. <laughs> Brian Husky Corner is closed. Brian Husky Corner is over. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. The, they have some trouble stealing the scale model, but they do it. Bojack lets us know that the Oval Office is right next to the bathroom, and he remembers that quite well because season three of Horse Around was a big cocaine year for him. Maybe the pressure of being president. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Did we set up why they're doing this? They're going to sneak in so they can do the shot in spite of Lenny Turtle Tub. We at least got halfway there. <laughs> okay. Well, I that's what they're doing. I know. Bojack <laughs> proposed that they go in there to film it. Yeah. I think I said that, but maybe I didn't. I don't know. I can't remember what I said. You think I'm supposed I to like remember? I we got distracted. What? I'm supposed to say things and remember what I said so I don't say it again? Like, come on. Like, now these unrealistic expectations are just out of control. Out of control. Um, yeah. So it's uh, one of these uh, ask forgiveness, not permission situations. They're going to just do it and then deal with it. Yes. And basically, the rest of this episode is very much like a, a heist episode. A heist, yeah. Uh, which yeah. I personally love. 
Yeah, me too. I always love the scenes where they're establishing who the team will be comprised of. It's like, okay, we need a lock pick. And then he's like, okay, we'll get the best one in town. Like, no, the second best one in town. No. Todd, can you pick locks? Kinda. Okay, you're in. Yeah, so Todd is in. I love when he calls up to Princess Carolyn to be in on the caper. (laughs) Calls it a caper, even. They need Mr. Peanut Butter to be checkers. But then they don't need him that badly, but he wants to come, so... He's into. He's like in the middle of filming all these like regional promos for the show. And he's just like, hey, Chicago, deep dish pizza, Da Bears. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't find them that funny. The only part I really laughed at was when he is like going, he says Seattle. I don't remember what he says at the beginning, does his promo, and then he goes, rain. Rain. That I laughed at. (laughs) The rest of them didn't get me that much. Yeah, Da Bears was the one that tickled me. Da Bears. (laughs) <laughs> you just like it anytime they say duh i think that's it yeah dropped a bomb yeah i think i've yeah. unlocked part of your sense of humor <laughs> just when they say duh and stuff yeah true and thankfully for them all they do have one real criminal on their side because character actress margo martindale just got on parole she says she's mm-hmm. ready to take a minor roles on critically acclaimed films again but bojack <laughs> pulls up and, and grabs her she says, yeah. I've been out of jail two seconds. What took you so long? Might have been two yeah. minutes. I don't <laughs> two know. minutes, yeah. Up to that point, she was just a model prisoner, um, and now she's back into her life of crime. Okay, wait. Okay. It was on this podcast that we talked about the Dating Game Killer, right? Yeah, that's okay. right. Last Weekend with Will. Last Weekend with Will. So I've been listening to the Dating Game Killer pod. I listened to the first episode. And mm-hmm. it is so much worse than I thought, just for the record. Uh, so, like, years before the murders that like we know him for after dating mm-hmm. like post dating game he had literally kidnapped like an eight-year-old child and tried mm-hmm. to murder her and thankfully she survived and got away and yeah. he like went to jail for three years learned how to like trick like to be a model prisoner and like yeah. used like all of the therapy to learn exactly what to say so that he could get out gets out of jail and then goes on to go do more crimes and more murders yikes oh god uh, he only served two years in prison for trying to like for like assaulting and then trying to kill an eight-year-old girl yeah god even the stuff i was reading last weekend i was just like dear god this is a horrifying case yeah is the podcast good the podcast i mean it's wondery so it's good very storytelly which is not always my favorite thing but it caught it caught my attention but yeah so you know you can be a model prisoner doesn't matter you could still go yeah. out and offend again, which just goes to show how broken our justice system really is. Mm-hmm. How accurate a portrayal Margot Martindale is giving. She is giving the performance of a lifetime. <laughs> I feel like they really gave her such a fun role in this show. Oh, yeah. She must have loved this. Like, I think I was talking I was talking to my sister about this. And so don't take it seriously because, again, she's never watched the show or anything. <laughs> but she said she read an article where it was like if you were willing to voice your own self, they would give you like a better role and be less mean to you. <laughs> Interesting. I think that certainly is true of, of Margot Martindale. And then look at yeah. friggin Vanessa Gecko's a horrible character. So maybe Christine <laughs> Tenno should have voiced her own self. There you go. A friend of a friend. I remember hearing that he actually saw Margot Martindale in a restaurant in Toronto, but only knows her from BoJack. <laughs> it was just like, I'm pretty sure this is character actress Margot Martindale. And sure enough, it was. That's hilarious. Did they go talk to her? 
They like waved at her, I think, but I don't think like went up to her. I would have gone up to her. I, I swear to God, hand to God, if I ever see character actress Margot Martindale, sorry, esteemed character actress Margot yes, Martindale, if I see her in person ever, I will go up to her and I will say, Margot Martindale, I love your work on BoJack Horseman. This is your oath. Because that is, I think that means more because I love her as herself. It's beautiful. You know, I think it's, I think it's meaningful. We're going to hold you to that. Okay. Well, yes. When I one day meet esteemed character <laughs> actress, Margot mm-hmm. Martindale. Yes. Okay. So now they're like planning the, the heist in Bojack's house, which is not really cool because he did not tell Wanda he was having all these people over. And also the cable <laughs> guy, Alan, is here. Yes. True. Alan the panda. Alan the panda, who's adorable. He's great. <laughs> He's fixing cable, but now he knows too much and he's a part of this. I do like that there's another moment of Kelsey being obsessed with Todd in here. <laughs> yes. Look at your big saucer eyes. I could swim in them. Yeah. Who am I kidding? I can't stay mad at you. I, I, I do love that that's a thing. And again, it's because Todd has such a nice face. Like, what else could it be? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so here's the plan. So basically, the whole library is surrounded by law enforcement because somebody stole this model. <laughs> so they need to have a distraction. And the distraction is going to be at the discount art gallery. And it's going to be serious. One of them will probably die. And it's probably going to be Alan. <laughs> I can't die. I'm endangered. It is so good. <laughs> I laugh so hard. They do. Like, they just did such a good job with Alan. I really loved it. And then, like, Wanda's like, well, can Alan at least fix the cable before he dies? Alan's like, I'm, I can't die. <laughs> Alan's just like, why? Why do you guys keep saying I'm going to die? Exactly. Should we just finish off the rest of Diane's stuff? I, 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 we should have done that in the first place. Oh, true. Yeah. So Diane is not having a great time in Cordovia because it turns out that Sebastian St. Clair is kind of a dick. Yeah, he's just like mostly interested in having statues built that are dedicated to him and like paintings of him posing for statues and like everything having his name on it. Yeah, he just, like, Diane describes it as him using the circumstances in Cordovia and the people that are suffering as props, basically, for his, like, Superman fantasy, which I think is a really, like, obviously, it's very astute because it's just clearly accurate, but Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a really interesting thing for them to have in the show, and I like that they brought up kind of, like, performative activism, yeah, no, I think it's very astute, like you're saying. And I think they really tap into that pretty well, where like Diane says, like, isn't the reason that we're here to help people? And he says, no, the reason I'm here is to help people. The reason you're here is to get people to donate to my foundation by writing about me. Right. And so it's like, it makes, like obviously, like the right result is happening. He's helping people, but he's not doing it for any good reason. Yeah. And he's just completely insensitive about everything. He doesn't care about that orphan dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like that happens and he's just like, well, guess we got to drag these corpses away. Like, yeah, okay, it's corpse dragon time. Mm-hmm. Need to make room for my new hospital. Ugh. There's like yeah. a colonial aspect to it too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I feel like... It's just so ucky. Yeah, no, definitely. Like it's this like weird rich white savior thing going on. And isn't he endangered? Shouldn't he just go somewhere else? <laughs> That's a good point. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. He says, the dead will not benefit from our grief, but the survivors need a new hospital and we need to build it. Just sick. Yeah. And he's like, if you can't handle it, you can leave. And Diane says, I can handle it. Mm-hmm. And then it makes it seem like she's not going to leave. But then at the end of the episode, she talks to Mr. Peanut Butter on the phone and she's actually back in L.A. But she does not yeah. tell Mr. Peanut Butter that she's back in L.A. 
Yeah, a lot of people talk big, but you're actually out here helping people hear the real deal. And she's just like, oh. Yeah, and it's like she obviously was planning to tell him. Yeah. But then he made her feel bad about her decision to leave. But like he doesn't even know that. It's like, but what's her plan? Like, what's that? What's the move here? Well, that's the thing. The longer that she drags this out, the worse it's going to be. But she's just like, well, guess I'm just not going to tell him. Like, you know what the real deal is? It's just telling your husband the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and he would definitely understand and be happy that she's home. Yeah. We know that when she's not home, he sits on the couch and waits for her to get home. He'd be thrilled to see her. Yeah. And like, and he says these six months are just going to fly by. And it's like, are you just going to keep this a secret for six months, Diane? She Like, you can't possibly. No. No. Embarrassing. But okay. So now back to the heist. They are breaking into the art gallery one of us isn't going to make it alive. <laughs> Probably Alan. Alan is like, what the hell? And Princess Carolyn has one of the funniest moments of the episode for me where she goes, we don't have time to think about your imminent death, Alan. <laughs> I laugh so hard at that. I just love that Alan is here. <laughs> like, it's incredible. Like, why did he even show up to the heist? Like, he has no <laughs> obligation to these people. Like, he's still in like his uniform, his little name tag on did it. Did they not let him leave? Maybe. I don't know. But he has a cell phone. Yeah. And he leaves pretty easily when he does leave this scene. Well, I, we'll get to that. But everyone leaves that scene way too easy. Yes. Yes. So then we get our first scene of the cops in the episode. And again, I'm not pro cop here. I'm especially mm-hmm. like this dog is just a traitor. This dog cop. You know, interesting that we didn't have the fuzzy face, fuzzy detective meow meow fuzzy face or whatever. That's a dog this time instead of our beloved cat. Which makes sense because dogs are cops and cats are not, you know? (laughs) Yes. So the human cop is talking to the dog cop about CrossFit. (laughs) I swear to God, if you don't shut up about CrossFit. (laughs) But it literally is such a thing. Like, do you know anyone who's Mm -hmm. done CrossFit? Not personally, no. I thought you were going to say I don't know. And I was gonna be like, you would know. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, yeah, like, I think if I don't think I do, then I must not. Like, even, like, the people that I've known personally who have done CrossFit, like, none of them have been, well, I guess one of them is, like, really into it, and they're posting about it on their Instagram stories all the freaking time. The other mm-hmm. one, though, he, like, I think went to, like, two intro classes. But he, like, sees himself as a CrossFit guy, and he'd always <laughs> talk about getting back to the CrossFit gym and how he needs to get back to the gym. And I'm sitting oh there, like, God. CrossFit is literally dangerous. Mm-hmm. They do not care about form. They endanger people. Everybody who does CrossFit as a regular exercise gets seriously injured at some point because they're like, we don't care about how you actually treat your body. And if you're like, oh, but the CrossFit games, guess what? The people who win those games don't do CrossFit as their exercise. They do functional strength <laughs> training. And then that makes them able to also do the CrossFit Ugh. If you're looking for a sign to never do CrossFit again, this is it. It's stupid. <laughs> Don't do it. The number of people are like, oh, yeah, I had to have so- shoulder surgery. And it's like, oh, but you do CrossFit? Yeah, that's why. <laughs> Let's roll. That's the thing we say at CrossFit. <laughs> Ugh. Insufferable. <laughs> it's literally like, and I know, like, no, I know I've been guilty of this. Like, I'll talk about my workouts. I know that nobody cares about them. <laughs> but I feel like CrossFit people do it more and worse. Mm. I think the rule is no one cares about your workout unless you fell down and it was funny. Well, yeah. And then if you fall down on CrossFit, you have a freaking concussion and need surgery. Exactly. So it's not funny. Yeah. So it's not going to be like a hilarious little thing where you like 
I don't know. What's funny that happens in other exercises? Um, I don't know. You had some sort of comedic pratfall and someone took it on video. The only, I'm trying to think if anything funny has ever happened to me in a fitness class. And there's only one example I can think of. And it's more so just about me being funny. <laughs> so, so I'll tell you. So my sister and I used to do kickboxing when I was in high mm-hmm. school. And it was more of it was more so just like cardio circuits, not that much mm-hmm. actual kickboxing, unfortunately. But she would have us do all these freaking crunches. I remember one day I just stopped. I was just laying there. She comes over and she's like, Kirsten, what are you doing? And I said, I don't need to have abs. I can just be funny instead. <laughs> I completely agree with that. <laughs> and I maintain that belief to this day. Not one ab will you see on my body. And yet, you'll be laughing hysterically. And yet, I give my abs a workout by laughing on the regular. (laughs) (laughs) I can just be funny. That's a great policy. I love that. It's at any time, if you, like, we, people may not know this, but we live in a society. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. this society has some very deeply problematic and horrible beliefs. When society's got you down about some aspect of yourself... Just choose to be funny instead. Yep. It's it's not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> it takes practice, it takes, just like anything. It takes practice, just like any any muscle needs to be exercised. <laughs> this is much more fulfilling, though, I think. I mean, like, don't get me wrong, I'm hot, too. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely hot and funny. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> okay, so they get... They're, they've broken into the Oval Office and they're like ready to go. This is where we find out Mr. Peanut Butter's show also had a presidential arc. But it wasn't a dream. He served half a term. And then Zachary was succumbing to peer pressure. So I resigned because I was spending too much time being president and not enough time being a dad. Which like both options seem like realistic enough for a show like Mr. Peanut Butter's House or Horsing Around. I think that's so funny that he served half a term. Incredible. I- I just love that they kept that storyline going for <laughs> two years. Oh, incredible. I mean, he didn't say that it went on for two seasons of the show. Yeah, true. So they get busted by the security guard, Nixon's son. Yes. Same guy as before. Same guy as before. Looks just like Nixon. Does a great Nixon impression. Breaking and entering, that's against everything Nixon stood for. Ooh. Someone's got to give him the bad news about his dad. I think he... Uh... I think he just needs to live thinking that his dad looked out at the moon and thought of him looking at it, too. (laughs) Uh But yeah, I think Nixon actually loved breaking and entering. Yeah. yeah. That's word on the street. (laughs) Heard that somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was just in Forrest Gump. (laughs) So, okay. So Nixon's son plays Nixon for the scene. Meanwhile, at the art gallery, they've been caught by the police. This is where it gets real. Yeah, because the quickly goes into the shootout. The dog cop says that he loves her, Margot Martindale, from Justified. And Mm. she goes, oh, you do? What's my name? He can't remember her name because she's a character actress. So she pulls a gun. And Todd said, we said no guns. She says, oh, I thought we said no gum. He says, but you're chewing gum. And she blows a bubble and says, I'm a wild card. I loved that so I much. so hard. I'm a wild card. <laughs> oh, so good. It's so bad. And so then it becomes a shootout. Alan gets shot and it looks like, oh, I guess he was, you know, definitely going to die. 
but his cell phone blocked it. He looks at his phone. My God, my wife is having a baby. And he gets out of here. Yeah, it just leaves. No one tries to stop him. Which is like, I feel like is a great way to end it. Because like the idea of him getting shot, like running away makes me sad. Mm -hmm. And I want Alan to be alive. Like it's so rare that pandas have babies. I want his family to be cute and adorable. It's a good point. I grew instantly attached to Alan also. So (laughs) I like him a lot. I liked Alan a lot. Yeah, very good. So yeah, it's a shootout with the police. And all the while, Princess Carolyn is just like imagining she lives inside the most basic painting of all time, which basically just serves to be like, you don't want a basic life. You don't want an easy life. You want a hard life. So it it just like helps her realize she wants to to go do the the job with Rutabaga Rabidowitz. And yeah, if you wanted a simple life, you'd have one, but clearly you don't. And so she just walks away. Like, she was never <laughs> stopped by the police. She just walks away, and Todd says, I'm leaving with Princess Carolyn. Yeah. He leaves, too. <laughs> so then it leaves Margot Martindale, sorry, esteemed character actress Margot Martindale, against, like, several cops. Yeah. And we do not find out how it concludes. Yeah. Since this is for all the other character actors who live in lucrative obscurity. And listen, I didn't write down one of the other character actors' names. I am part of the problem. (laughs) Justice for those people. (laughs) Yeah, justice for those guys. So back at the the shot that they're trying to get, they get everything they need, and Kelsey just needs Bojack to cry. Yeah. But Bojack can't cry in front of people. Yeah, and like it's if any scene is going to make him cry, it should be this one where it's just like you just found out that your brother, who was sent in your place, was killed in Vietnam, and the tears start to flow from guilt. He's like, I'm sorry, I can't cry. I didn't know you wanted me to cry. And Kelsey's trying to help him do it. She's like, this is the moment that Secretariat stops running because you realize something inside of you is broken and you can't fix it. Nothing. He can't cry. But she still gets like a good shot of his face. Yeah. He says like, but I didn't cry. She's like, yeah, you didn't have to. And she says, I'm really glad we're making this movie. And he says, yeah, you didn't think I had it in me, did you? And she says, no, I did. And then when she leaves and Bojack is finally alone, he starts like sobbing, crying. And this so sad. got me. Oh, my God. It's brutal. Like a little punch right to the stomach. You, you needed every episode of Bojack. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. And yeah, it's just like it's is this the first time we've seen him cry? I think it is. I think so. Yeah, and it just hits so hard. Like, oh my God. Like, we've seen him bleed. We've seen him be so broken. We've seen him be so upset. But we have never seen him cry before. Mm -hmm. And he's just so vulnerable in this moment. Like, yeah, good crying. It made me sad. It made me want to cry, but I didn't. Mm, Yeah, because we're dead inside. Because I had a podcast to record. There's nothing on the outside, nothing (laughs) on the inside, baby. And so, as we said, Princess Carolyn is all in with Rabidowitz and go- goes in the elevator. And I- D- does she kiss him? Oh, yeah. I was like, what is this about? Yeah, she He's says, your- I'm all in. And then she just smooches him. <laughs> he is your work husband, not your husband husband. Come on, Princess yeah. Carolyn. You can't just go kissing your work husband. Yeah. Who is still married, technically, and the divorce isn't final yet. Oh, but they're separated. That's not the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, the next day at the shoot, Kelsey's gone because she's been fired because Lenny Turtletop did not want that shot. Yeah. So he fired her for it. So Bojack is sad. Yeah. No, I just like I knew that Kelsey got fired at some point. I just like didn't have any memory of it being with this little fanfare where it's just like, nope, she's just gone now. Like, that's it. Which like is kind of how it works 
at work. Yeah. Like one day, sometimes some one day someone's just gone. Yeah. So Bojack's driving home and he looks so legitimately like he almost looks more upset than when he was crying. Mm-hmm. Like you would tell he feels horrible. But when he gets home, Diane is there. Yeah. She wants to crash for a couple of days because she did not know where else to go. Yeah. You're home. That's a very effective. What are you doing here? Yes. What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So strange that she doesn't go home and instead goes to Bojack. Well, but. it's like she's too worried now because of like what Mr. Peanut Butter said to her on the phone. Mm-hmm. And so then she's like, well, where else do I go? Well, I guess I go to Bojack's house. And it's like, yeah. no, you don't. Like, go home. Yeah. Go to your home and tell your husband. Exactly. So that's it. That's the episode. That's it. It's a downer <laughs> ending. It's a downer yeah. ending. I think we have zero feedback this week. Do we have anything we need We've to put on the list? we got... Oh, I Well, I mean, breaking into the library to film the shot to get Kelsey fired. Yeah. Is that bad enough? Kelsey, like, feel wanted to do it. I don't think it's that bad. Yeah. Okay. We did get one piece of feedback. Oh, good. I put out a tweet because I was like, we don't have the spreadsheet yet. Because the oh, public <laughs> doesn't know about the spreadsheet yet. So I put out a tweet and we got one response from Jules at Jules Gold underscore. And they said, first, love you guys and the pod makes my long commutes a thousand times more bearable. And I can listen to you guys talk about literally anything. Well, you are oh. in luck, Jules. Um, <laughs> this is the episode for you. <laughs> and second, this episode hurts. And I don't know why a show that makes me cry so much is my favorite show. And we are oh. right there with you, Jules. <laughs> right there if we could you. cry we would feel the same way i mean i cry do you not cry no i cry sometimes i'd be especially the older i get the more i cry <laughs> like i i feel like i cried a lot when i was really younger and then i like didn't cry as much and now i'm starting to like try to be vulnerable and cry a little bit more mm. i don't cry like all that much but i definitely cry yeah 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 it just it, i've become much sappier than i used it's to gotta be. hit you in the right moment like those freaking like tide commercials during the olympics Whew. <laughs> they get you oh, adorable well but to be it's because those are it's that's about moms anything about moms yeah. really gets me you know they're like yeah. hey let's make people who don't have a mom feel bad about it oh, that's God. how any content with a mom feels to me I'm like why are they doing this specifically to hurt me it's like that's actually not why they're doing it <laughs> it's been terrible marketing many people still have moms kirsten you see <laughs> why do you want to hurt me oh my god that's so sad yeah guess what i'm funny you don't get to be funny without trauma yeah you gotta be a little damaged <laughs> but yes this show definitely makes me cry this episode didn't but i could see if it had hit me on the right day how it could have really gotten me it just today i'm already like work was so stressful that my brain is is gone i'd been in the right mindset i didn't have the like you you know if you stay depressed you can't get depressed (laughs) that's where i'm at today hello everyone from the future it is Kirsten and Lindsay here with an emergency update yes truly a podcast emergency (laughs) so Okay, this is like a saga, and I'm just gonna I, I'm just gonna go into it. Breaking news, if we've ever had it. <laughs> this is the closest thing to breaking BoJack news like we're ever gonna have. So basically, okay, I'm just finding I'm finding the tweets, tweets, baby, tweets. Okay, so yesterday, 
June 5th, 2021, Raphael Bob Blacksburg, the creator of BoJack Horseman, tweeted out, if there are any jokes from BoJack Horseman that you always felt stupid about not getting, ask about them here and I'll try to explain them. Also, other people can explain. This is like a take a penny, leave a penny tray for jokes. Someone brought up the bag of mulch joke from season two, <laughs> which is very contentious for Lindsay and I. Lindsay thinks it's a joke. I think it's a story because I think jokes are supposed to be funny. It's not funny. <laughs> I think it's so good. <laughs> and RB Dub says the surprise punchline is that the two jokes are connected. The first doesn't make any sense until you realize it's connected to the second joke told much later and you get tricked into thinking that you just didn't get the first one or that your friend is bad at telling jokes. Someone replied, what's the punchline once the jokes are connected, though? Because there is no punchline baby <laughs> and rb dub says the only punchline is that the jokes are connected subverting your expectations and jules jumped in and said that this was a big debate on bojack horse pod tagging us into the thread saying i don't know if it qualifies as a joke i'm on the fence now when i saw this tweet i saw just this tweet i did not see the context of the whole thread that it was actually an <laughs> rb dub thread but we had been summoned <laughs> i i i just saw this thread and we were summoned so i replied it is not a joke it is a story and i will die on that hill and rb dub said surfs down surfs down which is oh my a god very niche kirsten mckinnis reference <laughs> like truly no other place I, where this is being used like i i asked my friends i was like is surf's down a thing elsewhere and they said no so yeah, like no. i think the only way you know that is if he is watching my twitch stream which there's absolutely no <laughs> chance so i think i think rb dub might be listening yeah or has at least listened or before. has at least listened so we're using this emergency update to appeal to the great rb dub the creator our favorite show who i don't really want to be beefing with him <laughs> like it seems like we might be but i don't want to be beefing so Raphael, i hope i can call you Raphael. <laughs> first name basis we would we would love to talk it out we we would love this is our appeal for you to come on our podcast you can give us as much or as little time as you want we will make it work we can have an emergency broadcast we'll have an emergency <laughs> podcast yeah all of this happened on saturday People might not know. Lindsay does not use her phone on Saturdays. <laughs> Should I take over from here? I do not use my phone on Saturdays. It is truly wonderful. I love it so much. And yet, Kirsten does know this. And all of a sudden, my partner comes downstairs and says, apparently there's a podcast emergency. <laughs> In exactly that tone, yes. which I did not appreciate. <laughs> yeah, Cam, I think, really hates me now. Definitely but not. I, I thought this was very funny. <laughs> I sent it all to Lindsay, and then I realized she's not using her phone. So I <laughs> went to her Facebook page, found a tagged photo of her and her boyfriend, went to his Facebook page, and messaged him. And I said, wait, let me let me pull up the exact quote, because I, like, I, I think that this is important for history. Mm -hmm. I said, hi, I know you don't know me, but if you use your phone on Saturdays, can you show this to Lindsay? This is a podcast emergency, space, three exclamation points. Shocking response time considering that we are not friends on Facebook. Like, I didn't even know if he would ever get my message. He delivered the message very, very quickly, and I said, indeed, this is a podcast emergency. This very much justifies using my phone on Saturday. So huge news. Truly shocking. Big, big news, everybody. So you know what? And there's also there is always the possibility that he's not listening. Maybe he listened to like one episode and just picked up a very niche thing. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But if that's the case, we, if you are a listener of BoJack Horsebot and you're following Raphael Bob Blocksberg on Twitter or you just want him to come on the podcast, tweet at him at <laughs> Raphael BW and say, come on at BoJack Horsebot. I think if we flood him with requests, he has no choice but to, to pay attention to us. 
If I know one thing, it's that people love getting a lot of ads telling them to go on podcasts. (laughs) Sometimes it works. Yeah, there you go. So, and then if you like replies to one, then we can like slide into those DMs and be like, "Hey, RB Dub." (laughs) Either way, we are very, very excited about this, and we're very happy that he clearly listens to the podcast and loves it. Yes, and multiple listeners were like, "Does he listen to your podcast?" And I was like. it's just a normal day. Just be cool. It's just a normal day. But it's not a normal day. <laughs> yeah. Just be cool. This happens all the time. Should we definitely we? didn't talk about this breaking news. So. Anyways, so pay attention to us. <laughs> Come on our podcast. We'll have a great conversation. It won't be weird. It'll just be totally chill and normal. Yeah. We think you're great. We think you'll think we're great. It's, it's going to be great. It'll be good and great and good and great. Good and great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I I think that's emergency corner over. Yes. So yes. however you fit that into next week's pod, have fun with that, Lindsay. <laughs> yes, indeed. Anyway, thank you. Thank you for alerting me to the emergency. This truly was an emergency. It was urgent. Like I don't I don't say emergency lightly. Yeah. So. Anyways, I think that's it. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah. Well, Hot one this week. <laughs> this was a great episode. Yeah. I think we did a great job talking about it. I, I just want, I think we should build a statue of us recording this podcast. <laughs> and then a painting of us posing for the statue. Exactly. You understand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. So we will be back next week for Yes And, season mm-hmm. two, episode 10. We're really in the thick of it. Yes, which as mentioned, I have already watched and it was very, very fun. So I'm excited to talk about it. I have not yet watched, but I will before we record. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it so much. I don't know what it was either, but it was incredible. <laughs> I, I think, yes, and yeah, Kirsten yes, has an accent. Yes, and. <laughs> and this is Friday night, Kirsten. Oh, yeah. Normally you get Sunday afternoon, Kirsten. Sunday, Sunday morning. morning. Yeah. Oh I've God. normally incredible. been awake for an hour by the time we record, and half of that hour was spent watching Butch. <laughs> <laughs> and the other half was getting coffee. <laughs> but yes we will be back next week for yes and and Lindsay, people can find you on the simpsons then and now pod is that right that is correct check it out yes talking about an old and new episode of the simpsons every week me you can find me twitch.tv slash kirsten said what as well as on all social media platforms kirsten said what that's i don't know whatever anyways so we <laughs> will see you next week bye